Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast number 77. You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. This is George, the Bone King speaking, and I'm joined by... This is the dude, and I'm joined by... Sorry, he's new here. <laughs> he, he hasn't gotten out of his giggle fit yet. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> why? Why? You're, you're, you're ashamed of our, our fan freak's call line? Huh? <laughs> this is Dr. Rude. <laughs> Jesus. This is a very different kind of laugh for Dr. Rude this episode. <laughs> uh, I, was not ex- I was not expecting to get phone sex George and phone sex dude. Well. Not, oh. Allow us to thrill you, chill you, and fulfill you. Oh, dear. And there's a reason why we're so sensual today. Oh, do you know what that reason is? Tell us the reason, Bone King. Mm-hmm. The reason is that it is almost Valentine's Day, so we thought we'd all get sensual and quite passionate with our episode, because today we'll be doing a All-Stars of Fictional Crushes thirstiest episode of the podcast ever strangely enough still not as thirsty as episode 69 nice (laughs) Alrighty. so before we get into that though let's go ahead and roll into our recents who wants to go first me um uh, anyone want to go first anyone anyone no i'm kidding go ahead go for it bueller are you gonna start doing that old reference uh so i only have one recent and it's called The Sinner on Netflix. I mean, it originally debuted on USA Network. So this show, it's not a cop procedural, but mm-hmm. it is. It's it's really weird. Uh, each season deals with one case. And each season is like eight episodes long. Oh, wow. And the first season uh, stars Bill Pullman. Fucking Independence Day, President Whitmore, and Jessica Biel in a very dramatic role. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in a minute. And it turns out she executive produced this as long as starred as well as starred in it. Um, I will say the tone is really hard. It it certainly hits hard, and it the first season deals with this some a murder. It's obviously a murder. But this murder that was inspired by a form of PTSD and, and it's just like this weird tale of vengeance almost. And it's really layered, interestingly. Um, I really enjoy it. If you can, just watch the first three episodes. It's on Netflix. Would you describe it as a thriller by chance? M- maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, I, if... I don't know if I can call it a thriller. It's more like a really, um, it's a really good character drama. Hmm. There's not really like a lot of suspense in it yet. Um, But this one, it just, it just kind of, it kind of develops in this way where the first episode, you just get the murder Hmm. and you just find out all the layers to the to the murderer and see why she did it. That's right. Cuz you know murderers are like onions. They all got layers. But she doesn't even know why she did it. 
So you're just kind of on this road of what happened, what's missing from her mind. There's something missing there. And you just get a lot of flashbacks and a lot of things going on that are just multi-layered storytelling. Hmm. Would you say she has a shattered hmm. memories? So, Dr. <laughs> Rude. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That was good and you know it. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I can't wait till we have Tom Hewlett on the show. Yeah, Tom, please answer my emails and my, my regular uh, letters in the mail. I've been sending them to you. So, Dr. Rude, what's your... Oh, is that all your recent? recents? Okay. Literally, I told you it was one thing. All right, that one thing. All right, well, be sure to check that out. Um, Dr. Rude, what you got? Literally fucking nothing. Fuck! Why, did we all just do nothing this week? Well, I work at a flower shop, folks. Remember, it's the front for my, uh, for my criminal empire. Uh-huh. And uh, you know what this week is? It's the week leading up to Valentine's Day. Oh! Yeah. I didn't even think about that. How do you prepare for that? Do you just get like a shit ton of roses and then call it a day? Or <laughs> I mean, we bring everybody in. Like, nobody has any days off this week. Like, it's serious. Oh, God. It's like the Black Friday of flower shops. And also, like, I gotta work super late most days. Like, it just, I don't, I so I haven't really had time to do shit. Well, uh, damn. The only recent I have is I actually have a few D&D games coming up that I will be a player in. I'm very excited about that. Oh my gosh. That's like every D&D player's dream to actually play a game. Oh. <laughs> there is, yeah, for real. <laughs> there is actually one thing. So I, I've mentioned on the show that JoJo and I have been catching up to the end of Supernatural. Uh-huh. Yeah. Simultaneously, though, while we're doing that, me, in the little off time I have had, I've also been starting Supernatural from the beginning. Wait. So you're simultaneously finishing and starting it? Yes, correct. All right. You know what? I can't even complain. <laughs> Rewatching is more accurate. Like I've already seen all this, obviously, but it's it's cool to get a refresher and to remember like how ridiculous uh, Jared Padlecki looked in season one, mm. like before his shoulders grew in. Uh, <laughs> like in season one, he was very clearly a guy they ripped off of Gilmore Girls. Like he was. <laughs> That's where he came from. <laughs> And but meanwhile, like later seasons, he's like big and broad-shouldered, and it's a very different-looking dude. But it's really funny to compare it. Jensen Ackles looks pretty much the same. Th they had to grow into it, except for Jensen, apparently. Whatever. Though <laughs> Jensen's voice is different. Like he, in his, he 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 doesn't have the gravel he has in later seasons. Huh. But uh, but yeah, and it's funny too because in the last season, it immediately references monsters from season one. And it's really funny because, like, as they referenced it, I was like, hey, I just watched that episode. I remember that <laughs> So it that worked time. out great. <laughs> yeah, from, like, an hour ago. Can um, I but, yeah, that's literally my only recent. I've just been, like, working and making D&D characters. Can, can I ask you a question, Dr. Root? How does it feel about the power scaling in Supernatural? Because... Oh, yeah. Like, episode... Like, in, the, in, the, in like the third episode, they're fighting, like, a demon... And they're like having trouble locating them and they have to pin the guy down and they have to extract the demon from the guy and then the demon flies around and they have to exercise and send it back to hell. Meanwhile, like in later seasons, the brothers have like four ways to kill a demon on hand at all times. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just at some point in the series, you write in a demon killing like watch or something <laughs> just to make that shit easier. 
easy for, without a doubt for sure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like in the beginning like the one of their first big quests was to get a weapon that could kill a demon and now they just have like they like they have angel blades like falling out of their trunks <laughs> and shit angel like blades. it's just holy shit but honestly, I yeah. can't even complain because I rewatch fucking Red Letter Media from the beginning all the fucking time. So, oh wow, <laughs> can't stop. But stop. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's literally all I've got for recents, my guy. All right, well, I guess I'll come in here and save this fucking abysmal recents. Um, I don't think abysmal. it's abysmal. Yeah, I try. Well, it's not abysmal. I was just being facetious, but I mean, like, when I, I apparently did more. Well, you know, I try. Either way, um, so I actually have a couple of recents, um, mainly because, um, you know, I was doing stuff as I was doing other things. So the one thing I want to mention uh, starting us off will be my games. So as I was editing the, the previous podcast episode, I have, um, like, I have two monitors. So I was having one monitor edit the podcast episode, and then another monitor, I was like, you know what would be fun to have running in the background as I'm listening for any, like, you know, for the editing or whatever? I'm going to play Resident Evil 6 Mercenaries. So I <laughs> I loaded up Resident Evil 6 and I got to the Mercenaries and I was having fun. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this game mode is a lot of fun. I really wish that they would do a thing like, you know, Capcom would release a Mercenaries game again. Because they did one for the 3DS a long time ago and it barely had anything. But like a real one that brought in all the characters from all the different Mercenaries games. And, you know, made it an actual like... I don't know, celebration of Resident Evil's franchise or whatever, history, you know, like they're trying to do with Reverse or whatever. So with that in mind, I went, hey, wait a minute, I can totally do that. So what I did was I modded every single like uh, character costume, because in that game there's like three costumes per character and two of them are recolors, so I have no problem saving over those and putting in my own. And now I have fucking like... I have Jill from RE5, I have Sheva, I have um, uh, Excella, Wesker, uh, Barry, Rebecca. I have pretty much all the classic Resident Evil characters in the ultimate engine for Resident Evil Mercenaries. And I just kept saying to myself, holy shit, this is the best Mercenaries experience I've ever had. <laughs> like, I made a true reunion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about like why mods are so important in gaming. It, it's for real though because like yeah you could always slap on a costume mod or whatever and yeah people right. appreciate that but there are like intrinsic things that i feel like capcom is not capitalizing on and the fan base is just fuck it we'll do it and and because they did it i actually get to enjoy it and now i know if they ever do this in the future it could be incredible like this so like I don't know, pretty much it's it's a really cool thing. You can play as pretty much any of those characters, all with custom loadouts. It is like the ultimate Resident Evil Mercenaries experience. Um, and if anyone wants to play with me, hit me up. I'll be sure to send you uh, to the direction of those mods because holy crap, they make a world of difference. Uh, you're um, playing this on yeah. Steam, correct? Yes, on PC. That's the only way you can mod it. And Resident Evil 6 is an asshole when it comes to modding. Like, because um, it was. Like, you couldn't mod in costumes for the longest time. But someone finally found a workaround. And there's this um, mod manager. And quick shout-outs to this guy. His name is uh, Fluffy. Uh, so he, he made this mod manager. And it works for every single Resident Evil game on Steam. And it keeps it all organized, and you can turn it on and off like a fucking, like, simple program. You just leave it running alongside the game, and it's incredible. It, it is, it makes Resident Evil 6 into a good game, and I know how that sounds. 
But like, holy shit, Resident Evil 6 has a lot of good game modes in the Mercenaries, and the Mercenaries is a lot of fun. So it's just really cool to take that existing gameplay and just fill it with the content that it desperately needed. Um, but yeah, sorry, I know that was probably like a huge soap soapbox, but fuck it. Resident Evil True Reunion, not that fakey reunion in Resident Evil 5. It is a real reunion where you can play as Resident Evil 4 Leon pairing up with RE5 Chris, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. Real okay. I know. I know. Do I sound crazy? Does this not sound like a no? No. 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 Absolutely not. Okay. Not All right. One right. penny. We're, we're, not we're, one penny yeah. is gonna go to that. I don't care. I, I don't I, care. I fucking hate that game. Well, the thing I don't is, know sometimes what it's really, really you. cheap on PC, and if you do get it, I'll send you my mods, and we can have the best I don't mercenaries. like mercenaries mode. We could have the best, the best mercenaries. <laughs> I don't like Dead Rising for the same reason. Sure. I don't want a time limit on my fun. Let me have fun. Well, I would also like to mention there is uh, a setting in the mod that lets you turn off the time limit. And RE6 specifically has a thing in it where you have to kill us X amount of enemies and you can actually just succeed without the time limit. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, what I want to say- I'm, I'm glad you're trying to sell me this game so Just the mercenaries, that's it. And- I don't care. I got, I got it, but hold on. It's really funny because this game has um, a lot of characters that are designed to be rehashes of previous characters. So when you import the model of that previous character, they fit perfectly. Wait, can you put in Billy Cohen? Yes. Or Carlos? Y yes, and you can put in Billy and Rebecca and recreate Zero if you want. I don't know why would you, but sure. Well, because, I mean, Billy and Rebecca, it makes sense. But, but my point is, like, James, as a quick example, you know about Wesker, right? Uh-huh. Obviously. Yeah. Okay, Wesker and Jake from RE6 have a history. I can't say what it is because for fuck's sake, it's a spoiler, weirdly enough. But, like, that connection makes it really easy to just paste over Wesker's body over Jake's and it functionally is Wesker again. You mean Leather Daddy OG. Yeah, Leather Daddy OG before when he was an American and then, you know, turned into being British later. Anyway, that's my first recent... I got. I'm gonna fill this shit up. Don't worry. Um, my next recent is TV. So I've been watching WandaVision. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, I think I saw the latest episode. Um, I'm not gonna give away what's happened, but someone is thrown somewhere. Is my uh -huh. description. That's the latest episode blew the MCU wide open. Is what it did. Is that when someone answered the door and someone else uh -huh. than who I thought was answering? Yes. yes. That was yes. really interesting. And I'm like, how the fuck is this going to make sense? We'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. But uh, like you and I, I mean. Okay. That's fair. Because like, I'm, f I'm I, fine I'm, with it. I'm fine with being spoiled. Yeah, but I don't want to spoil it for our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we have yeah. a show going on, my dude. We're, we're doing a thing. <laughs> but but um, no, I actually really like this, uh, this twist. I like this character a lot showing up. I feel bad for uh, the previous. It, by one. the way, this is pretty much uh, confirming something that I guessed like years ago. Just saying. Okay, and I hope this like, opens up. You can up probably more. find it on like older versions of like, you know, like Capes and Co-hosts or something. Me saying something like this. But anyway, we'll get to that later. No, no, for sure. And I, it's really exciting too because this person is great. I'm trying so hard to not specifically uh -huh. say, but like I, I really can't wait to see what they do in the show. Plus that actor. 
is amazing in yeah. TV shows, even in TV yes. shows that have terrible scripts. He makes the best out of it. Are you talking about American Horror Story? I am indeed talking about American uh -huh. Horror Story. You might as well just fucking say it because it doesn't take a leap of faith to... You don't have to be Batman to figure it out. Well, then well, I'll let Batman be the one then. to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let the, the Bruce Waynes in the audience have a little bit of fun. Um, but anyway, so that's all for my recent... Oh, wait, one more thing about my... Uh, about WandaVision. Uh, I get that the show is constantly telling you, keep watching, because it's not over, and we know we're doing weird and quirky things. My uh -huh. one one little little bone butt in the entire thing, everyone is fantastic at doing the whole 1950s, like, you know, TV show peppy personalities, except for Wanda for me. Well, I, I think there's, I think that's on purpose. Like, I think she doesn't have to be. Hmm, okay, because even Vision has his, the whole, like, you know, quirky, upbeat, he's way different than the Vision the show. But that's because he's following, I can't, I, I can't say anything. We'll talk about it later. Should, there might, and I know, I think I know what the lore reason you're saying is, but ultimately she was attempting it in the beginning, and I felt like she's never had to do that kind of old uh, old school Again, voice. we'll talk about it. Okay, all right. Apparently, I can't talk about WandaVision. All right, so we'll no. move on on this topic. That's all I got for my reasons, so we'll just shuffle on over to news. Uh, who got? Who has some news? I have a couple, like, w little things that I think are pretty cool. Well, actually, we have some casting news to talk about. Well, I have casting news, too. Should I say my cast? Uh, well, I have two casting news, and they're both video game things. So is one are of we mine. Gonna are we going to talk about the firing? Uh, yes, kind of. Okay, we'll get there, but let me get to... Fuck it, I'm going first. Last of Us, uh, <laughs> we got Last of Us casting. All right, that's one of mine, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, so yeah, we got Pedro Pascal as Joel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, another uh, Game of Thrones actor, Man the, the, the Mando. Uh, and then also a Game of Thrones actress is uh, Bella Ramsey playing Ellie. Mm -hmm. She played uh, Liana Mormont on uh, Game of Thrones, the little sassy northern girl who fucking gave Jon Snow some of her piece of her mind. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, she's playing Ellie. Uh, we got Pedro Pascal pa playing Joel. He's not necessarily my first choice, but I don't think he's a bad choice. I think he fits. I mean, he's not yeah. bad at all. I'm just happy they didn't no. pick Troy Baker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, as much yeah, like honestly, like nothing intrinsically bothers me about that. It's just that he doesn't look like Joel, so like I don't. He's too lanky a dude. Yeah, and he doesn't really he doesn't really look the role either. It's just like he. Yeah, go ahead. Is Troy acting I buy, or I just couldn't voice buy acting? Him. He's done uh, live roles before. He's also in a oh. band called I Shine. Mm, there you go. <laughs> Why he's you living sound my dream so life. Angry. Because he's living my dream life and I'm pissed. He's a voice actor and he's in a band and he's super popular with like fucking, uh, does he also do D&D &D or is that only Matt Mercer? Uh, no, there's a bunch of voice actors. I mean, the entire Critical Role cast is voice actors who play D&D. Exactly. So they're all living my fucking <laughs> dream life and I'm hoping to get there, but yeah. I'll be salty as fuck till I do. <laughs> but, uh, Jesus. okay. So this is why I love being a Spider-Man fan right now. Mm-hmm. Because there's a cast, or not a casting rumor, but a rumor about who the villain for the next Into the Spider-Verse movie is going to be. Oh. And if I had made a list of villains 
that I thought were going to be in a theatrical Spider-Man movie. This guy wouldn't have been in the top 30. And yet, I, can I I'm guess? so excited. Yes, please. Mole Man. No, it's not Mole Man. Electro again. No. Damn it. <laughs> uh, so the current rumor for who the villain for Into the Spider-Verse 2 is going to be is going to be uh, is Spot. Um, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> Spot? Okay. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't... That's a fucking deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Spot is, he is a villain that has control over uh, basically portable holes and small pocket planes. So he can literally, like, redirect matter through one through one portal to another is his main power set um dr Rude um, just sent me a picture and i, I never realized uh, rorschach had this power <laughs> yeah uh yeah so if rorschach was a dalmatian you basically got what spot <laughs> looks like parallel uh, dimension hold dalmatian yes yeah and uh honestly i'm so here for it like this is so fucking cool to me this is great you know, thinking about it with that animation style and into the I know. Yeah. it's gonna be great. I was it's gonna be to say, so fucking cool. This this lends itself really well to, to animation, oh, yeah. this character's ability. So wow. Uh-huh. It's awesome. I'm so here for it. Like it's gonna look they're gonna make it look so dope. I'm so excited. Now this this question and, uh, this picture gives me a question. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but really quick. Yeah, go Dr. for it. Dr. Root sent me a picture of Spider-Man trying to, to lay a big haymaker into spot over here and it goes directly into his face. Now I, I feel like this is leading into that same question of like, can God uh make a burrito so hot he himself can't eat it? Can Spider-Man throw a punch so fast that his spidey sense can't sense it? Uh, well, Spot, uh, across the board fucks with his spidey sense. Oh, well, okay, there you go, then. <laughs> I'm just um, like, can you dodge but, your own punch like that? Like, whoa. I don't know, actually. It is worth noting, though, that Spider-Man, th uh, pulls his punches. Hmm. Like, uh, like he, Superman. Like, he, he doesn't punch anyone at full strength. Like, he specifically has trained himself to, like, roll his body when, when people punch him so that they don't break their hands on his face. Huh. I, I remember Superman doing something very similar. He's just like, and there was one guy he talked yeah. to, and he's like, good, now I can no, actually No, Superman pretty much just dodges, uh, like, if, like, a bank robber goes to punch him, he just moves out of the way because he's that fast. But Spidey can't always move that fast specifically, but so he just kind of rolls with a punch so they don't break their hands. That's just what Spidey do. <laughs> so, um... But anyway, moving on. Uh -huh. So we got casting for a Marvel character in an unexpected place. So Adrian, we finally have someone cast as the Beyonder. Really? Yes. Who is it? Please but tell it, me. But it's but it's gonna be in an animated TV show uh. on on the Disney Channel. <laughs> uh. oh, he's in a kids show, uh, isn't he? Uh huh. Oh, I fucking knew it. There's a so there's a really great comic uh, geared towards kids called Moon Girls, a Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a Marvel comic. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a book about uh, the main character. Her name's like Luna Lafayette or something like that. Uh, and she has a giant T Rex. That uh, and she's a super genius, and that's basically like the whole crux of the adventure. I mean, it's for kids. Uh, that sounds like the plot of so, Clifford the Big Red Dog, but 
It's Clifford the Big Red Dog, but if What's-His-Name was a super genius and Clifford was a T-Rex. Um, I'd buy that for a dog. It's De- Devil Dinosaur is red, actually, so it's perfect. Huh. Uh, but yeah, The Beyonder is going to be voiced by Lawrence Fishburne. Whoa. That's actually yeah. really good casting. <laughs> they got... I know. <laughs> like, if they if they took that into, like, the uh, the live-action movies, I'd be here for it. It'd be dope as fuck. I was yeah. so happy and when you said, oh, I have casting for the Beyonder. And I'm like, yeah, it's for an animated TV show on Disney. Well, oh. <laughs> who knows? Right, so do we want to go ahead and talk about fucking Gina Serrano? Um, My- I have one more casting thing, or do you want to dive into this now? Gina Serrano got fired for being a Nazi. Go. <laughs> I mean, that I don't know the full story. I actually just woke up to the news and I was like, wait, what? I guess we're She's doing a this. piece of shit. All don't right. worry about it. <laughs> Tell us your casting news. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll get it more into it. Don't worry. All right. Well, here here is my, my news. I only got one, so we could burn through it really fast. Um, so there is a Borderlands movie in production. Um, oh, yeah. We've had some smatterings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of, of the castings. And some of them have been really good. Uh, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown on who we have casted so far in Borderlands. <laughs> Um, so hey, Fall Hunter, get over here! Oh my God, don't don't start this. I'm getting there. Don't worry. Um, first off, Kate Blanchett is playing Lilith. That's cool. Yep. I mean, I'm I'm for here it. for it. I'm so here for it. Yeah. I mean, oh. that I feel like you could do a lot with Lilith. She kind of doesn't. I mean, I I haven't played all of Borderlands, but from what I saw, you could just do anything with this character. So it's fine yep. by me. She could rock that. Um, we have Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis. Wait, is that confirmed? That's confirmed. Oh my god, that's perfect. Who's Holy Tannis shit. again? I don't remember Tannis. She's like the she has all the information on the vault. She's like the brainy lady uh who's got part of her face scarred up. Uh I don't know how else to describe Was her. Was this she's in Borderlands? Like all Yeah, she's been in all the Borderlands games. Huh. I don't remember this character at all. That's weird, but I mean, then again, I didn't really yeah, yeah. stay in a lot of towns. Um, what else? What else? And here are the last two who are the most interesting. Um, one, Kevin Hart as Roland. Um, hey! <laughs> oh, all right. So here's the thing. Ever since I saw Heath Ledger play Joker in The Dark Knight, no. I have no, never. No, don't give me that. Hold on. No, Let come me on. finish. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here. But ever since that happened, I've been willing to give it a try. To give it, give whatever casting decision a shot before I knock it because a director can entirely make it work. If it works within their their world and, and it's, you know what I mean? Like they can make it fit thematically. Maybe it's not true to what the original is, but they can do something well with it if it's a good enough director. So I'm not... I personally am not the biggest fan of Kevin Hart just because I do not find him funny. I just I just don't. He has the same routine of over-exaggerating to things, and that is his one joke that he hits every oh, see, single time. I do I do find Kevin Hart funny, and yet I still don't want him for this role. That's interesting, because I thought people who'd like him would be like, oh, why not? Let's give no. him a shot. I like well, Kevin me, Hart and Jamie Lee Curtis, but I don't think we should have a Borderlands movie. Oh well, fine. Well, I, um, I mean, you could you could do a Borderlands movie. I mean, I, I'd be oh, no, impressed if they brought Borderlands. in. If they brought There's, in the heavy, that'd be great. <laughs> let me just say, here's why I. So if I was casting uh, Roland, it'd be like Idris Elba. 
That should tell you why I don't want Kevin Hart. So that's the thing about Roland, though. He's a very, like, cool, stoic guy who isn't very loud. And you picked a very loud actor. So it's Uh kind of like, where are you going with? Maybe this will be Kevin Hart's chance to play a serious role. Who you knows? know who could have done Roland is a uh, fucking uh, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie could have done Roland. I feel like there's so many people that could have been better for this role yeah. <laughs> that we could just bring up and But no, here. get to the best casting. Get to the best one. So here is the final, at least not the final, but the most recent casting that was announced. We have Jack Black as Claptrap. That is so good. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how I feel. I mean, he's great. Oh, my God. He's, no, I'm so excited. He's great, but it's weird when it's a character that's already animated. You could just use the original voice actor. I don't see a problem with this. But I, I don't think there's a reason to. Like, if they want to cast someone, like, if they want to cast someone different, let them cast someone different for an animated character. It's just a voice. Sure, but it's like if you had the opportunity, and it's a robot... You know what I mean? You have the opportunity to use a character from the game series and have people be like, you know, recognize that character. And it's a very unique voice, too. Jack Black I guess is not going to sound I, like him. Yeah. You know? No, no, at all. There's no, I, don't, I don't see how he could possibly. He, he's going to be Jack Black. Whoa, hey, grab your guns from over here, guys. Like, that's going to be the majority of it. And instead of, like, Claptrack's kind of high, almost, like, pitying kind of character... Like high voice, not no, he's not high. Oh no, stairs! Exactly. I don't, I don't hear Jack Black like or anything, yeah. you know. But uh, we'll see. Again, I'll give any casting a shot. Now, here's my question: Out of all these characters, where the fuck is Brick? Okay, relax, dude. They, they like, they still haven't cast Mordecai Brick. There's still a bunch of people that haven't been but, cast. But see, so I don't care us? about anybody else except Brick because Brick is. Oh is, no! See, see, damn, Mordecai is my guy, man. Now that we're doing this fictional crushes, crushes episode, I totally oh, forgot to put Jesus. Brick in there. Brick is a is a foxy man. I'll definitely say that 100. percent Guess um, you can say he's a brick house. Ow! Mighty ah. <laughs> mighty. She's. I wish he'd let it all, all right. out. Anyway, <laughs> that's all my news. Let's talk about this thing. Um. So what happened? There's no, no, look, there's not much to talk about. Gina Serrano has made some tweets in the past that lean towards conservative slash conspiracy slash QAnon slash anti-mask and a little anti-Semitic. Jesus Christ. Um, how much, how was she able to fit all that in the fucking message? Jesus. I know. Uh, Disney has given her a warning before about her social media and she refused to listen. So uh, she recently made a post comparing conservatives to uh jewish holocaust victims wow um and that was the final straw for disney uh you mess with you mess with peter pan you get the hook that's basically what happens um that's it so they let her go and uh after disney let her go her agency let her go Jesus Christ, that's career yeah. suicide. I mean, she from what yeah. I'm hearing, she pretty much asked for it. If this is not her yeah, yeah, first, sure. second, or third offense, like I'm just I'm disappointed because like I lo- I was a big fan of her fighting career. I liked seeing like a big, like strong woman like in a main role in a series. Mm-hmm. It's a shame for it to go this way, but I don't uh, I don't detract from Disney at all. Like they they did the right thing. All we need to say right now is you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. 
prizes. Yep. <laughs> I, and I, I, I even mentioned it on uh, the show before when I was watching The Mandalorian. Like, I liked her character a lot. I, yeah. She was easily yeah. the best part. And now it's kind of like... This has happened to me so much in the past few days. Like it's been her, Marilyn Manson, um, oh, and, fuck. and one other person. Where like all they all got found out to be Joss total shitbags. Joss Whedon out of and it's like fuck me. Now I have to respect the work and separate the person now because toss them know. all in the Kevin Sorbo bucket. Just walk away. Oh God, Kevin um, Sorbo, Jesus Christ! I talk about yeah, disappointment. That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> yep. Uh, is that all the news we got? That's it, man. All righty. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our sultry Why don't All-Star. you lay down on that bare rug in front of the fireplace while we get it all ready, baby? <laughs> for for George, bare rug has a different meaning. I was going to say, like, hold on. <laughs> what kind of bare rug are we talking? I mean, how many can I get? What's the thickness? Zangief's chest. Zang- oh, I- wow. <laughs> That's <Okay>. bustling. <laughs> <laughs> Catch in a minute, freaks. All stars, fictional crushes. Hey, hey, this is Cody from the Robots Don't Age podcast, and you're listening to Fan Freaks. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Hello, and thank you for calling Fan Freaks Collect Call Chat Hotline. We have plenty of freaks on the sides just waiting to talk to other freakies just like you. And here's one coming right now. Uh, like, how does this work? Do I, like, tell you what I'm into, or... How it um... works is that you give me your credit card information, including those wacky three numbers on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I'm sold! (laughs) Alrighty, George, tell the people what we're doing. Hi, everyone. Welcome uh, to our all-stars of fictional crushes. So, yeah, we were hoping to... We know it's Valentine's Day coming up, so we thought we'd be a little bit romantical... And, um, you know, come up with our fictional crushes. Uh, do we have any rules? Would anyone like to lay down the rules? Adrian? Do we have any rules? Uh, do. No rules. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, here, I'll say the rules since everyone forgot them. What we're going to be doing is we're going to go ahead and take turns saying one character. And then we're going to say oh. their name, where they're from, and why That's we like not really a them. rule. That's how to go about it. Usually our well, rules yeah, are like no superpowers, no it's guns. It's the rules. You know? It's the rules, not rules. You know what I mean? It's it's the rules. What we're, we're following. Oh, whatever. We're, just follow my lead. I'll start us off. So number one, not even number one, but the first one we're bringing down, you all saw it coming, Barry Burton, Resident Evil. Of course. Chris is my old I, partner, you know. You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> I want to be in a Jill sandwich. But uh, yeah, no. So Barry, he's from Resident Evil. Um, he is, uh, he's an older gentleman. And you'll notice I kind of have a thing for older guys. Um, he, uh, he's very dependable. He's always looking out for his teammates. He's a very, very uh, sweet, sweet man. He cares a lot for his family. That's how you know he's a keeper. Um, he's a very avid gun collector. So you know he knows how to defend you. And, you know, he, he has no problem letting you do your own thing for a while. You know, like how he left Jill in Resident Evil 3 to basically rot in the city. You know, just as you do. <laughs> we don't talk about remake. Remake is in canon. Well, even the original, in the original. He comes, no, in the original, he comes and saves her in the helicopter. At the end? <laughs> 
He could have been there way I'm sooner. I'm sorry. Bro, Raccoon City. I'm sorry. Barry Burton. Barry Burton was trying to get that helicopter. You don't know what he had to go through to get it. You don't know. But Ra- Raccoon City that, was going that under been its DLC. For That could have been DLC. <laughs> for weeks. And he couldn't get a helicopter in that time to get Jill out of there. I don't know. But anyway, Barry Burton, that is one handsome motherfucker. Um, he's And my favorite uh, male character in Resident Evil. Yeah. I mean, Leon's up there for sure, but Barry definitely cleans that mark. But anyway, Barry, that's my pick. Who's up next? Leon's a twink by comparison. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh huh. Go for it. Uh, so for a lot of people, like Lola Bunny was their like furry awakening. Oh um, my! You're starting the furries and not me. What the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that wasn't what did it for me. Like, look at me wrong. I get why Lola Bunny was hot to a lot of people. Uh huh. But um, but no. Uh, for me, uh, have have you guys seen the movie uh, Treasure Planet? Yes. No, not me. Bro. Captain Amelia. Oh, she's Holy. barely a furry. She's literally a cat girl. But but it's not like because Lola Bunny is literally like a, an anthropomorphic yes, bunny. She looks yes, fairly human. But she is a cat girl, like actually a cat girl. <laughs> I guess so, but she she could pass for a human. She just got a different nose. I don't know, man. She's got like teeth and like hisses and like you know. Listen, there are there are plenty of real girls that act just that same way. (laughs) All right, but anyway, why Uh, do you like her? A, she's voiced by Emma Thompson, Mm. and I love that woman's voice. But also, like, uh, in Treasure Planet, she's like, she has a commanding presence while also being like sensitive and caring. And, like, for a young Captain Rude... Captain Rude? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> mixing the names here. Promo- Fusion dance. Uh, I promoted myself. No, uh, for <laughs> for a, a young Dr. Rude, like, I don't know, that, that gave me feelings, man. And there's also, like, several times where she has, like, these soft, like, doe eyes that fuck me over. Well, like, I can't. Because her eyes up, are, man. like, 70% of her face. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um... Uh, and yeah, and also like, you know, the setting helps, her attire helps, like all of it. Her mm-hmm. whole attitude and the way she carries herself was, uh, yeah, that was a big thing for a young rude. Something about female commanders as well. It's just like. Yeah, I agree. Very esteemed, very, very Take stoic. charge, please. Exa- yes, exactly, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, so that that's where I'm starting. And what's her name again? Uh, her name is Captain Amelia. Okay. Uh, dude, what you got for us? Oh, so like in the oh. movie, real quick, sorry. Yeah. But in the movie, she also like falls in love with the bumbly nerdy guy, and that was me. Wait, uh, hold on. <laughs> a fictional story with a bumbly hero that somehow gets the girl in the end? That never happens. Yeah. And it's funny because he's a dog <laughs> and she's a cat. And like at the end of the movie, they have babies. And uh, it's funny. <laughs> and they're, they're abominations. Like... Yeah, and they're they're, that's how Nickelodeon got Cat Dog. Oh God! <laughs> Alone it's in an world. origin story. Oh God! This I'm gonna start it off like right off the bat because you got Barry Burton and you got this character I've never heard from from a movie I never watched. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm gonna go Ellen Ripley. Okay. Yes. I uh, there's gonna be a certain mm. aesthetic. There's going to be a vibe mm-hmm. in my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally really enjoy a woman that's uh, in command, 
can take care of themselves and can beat the shit out yep. of you. Yep. Those are the three things I'm looking for. And Ellen Ripley, particularly in part two, where she schools all the fucking Marines on what they're doing and tells them you're doing it wrong. I fucking know what I'm doing and I know what I'm talking about. Like that's and bro. That's yes. Okay. Really quick. The oh, she loves cats. She has, she does love cats. Uh, the confidence she has when, for the basketball toss is so hot. Like, it's so, oh, yeah. like, sexy. Like, it, she it, like, knows it's in. Confidence. She yes, knows yes. it's in. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to say something. It's not even so much because she does take charge, but I, I kind of, because I love Ripley. She, In fact, one of my OC characters is entirely named after her. And all. and by the way, she's pretty much the prototype for someone else. I'm sure is on your list. By the way, dude, and I think you yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go Resident <laughs> Evil right after. So. I know. I just I realized that when you said it. But um, but Ripley, on top of all, everything you just said, she also is able to rise to the occasion when it calls for it. Something about having the drive and the gumption to just be like, I have no other options. I have to do what I have to do to survive, and she just does it. Get away from her, you bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking. That, still, that elevator prep scene when she's taking the elevator and she's like checking all the ammo in her guns. I'm like, you are so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> I can't even, can't even handle it. Um, am I up next? Yeah. Yeah, hit us with a beefy boy. Okay, so I um, before we start getting into recognizable ones again, I started us out with Barry. Now I'm going to start out with one that's a little bit more of a deep cut. Um, this is Koichi Adachi from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Wow. Um, okay. So as so if, uh, regular listeners probably know, I've been oh, playing Yakuza Like a me. Dragon. I just saw the picture of who he is. Of course. Yes. Oh, oh dude. Okay. So, all right. I'm playing Yakuza <laughs> Like a Dragon and I'm, you know, I've been playing along and then I meet this character <laughs> named Adachi and I'm like, yo, this guy is beefy. He's big. He's got that fur jacket. I am, I'm kind of tripping over this guy. And then on top of that, he's like, Hey, do you mind if I join the party? And I'm like, ah, so he joins the party. He's essentially your tank. The entire game. He's got a crazy HP pool, high defense. You can always depend on your defense daddy. He will be there to take all the hits for you. And as well as shield for a couple moves. He has like a, a shield move to help someone else. Um, Adachi is a police officer. I mean, he's a, an ex-police officer, really, as the game starts. But he has a very strong sense of justice. Um, he's, he's very dependable. Uh, he's always there to give the main character Ichiban a shoulder. He's always there to, you know, pick Ichiban back up, but never really to baby him. He's not like, you know, above joking every now and then. And even though he was a police officer, he kind of reinforces the game's themes of gray areas in the sense that by having him be a police officer, but at the same time, um, understanding the gray areas and that not everything is black and white. You know what I mean? Like there are some areas in between. Uh, doing what's necessary, morally necessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody, what? Everybody, tweet at Bone King TV hashtag Defense Daddy. Defense Daddy, <laughs> yes, seriously, Defense the, Daddy. I like it. He's the best Defense Daddy. I think I'm gonna look at this list. If we find another person who has higher defense, we'll see. But he is the Defense Daddy. Plus, I've never played a, a tank like this. His attack output is kind of shit. So what you do is you stock him with a shit ton of items, and he's a walking alchemist slash tank. 
Anyway, what? I dig it. It's 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 like you use a whole bunch of items. Like you'll never die because he'll always have a lot of health and could just keep spamming items on people. He's great. He's got this whole side story where he's raising money to help this kid through college. He's got a big heart. I'm sure he's got a big something else. Uh, my next pick is going to Koyochi Adachi, my defense daddy. <laughs> he's talking about his dick. Damn right I am. That defense dick. <laughs> defense Jesus Alliteration. Okay. Do you have it? What you got, James? <laughs> Doesn't even so, need a comment. I have to cheat for a few of mine. Uh-huh. Cheat? Uh, yes. There's going to be a few points here where I have to talk about two people because they're they're so directly related. Mm. But I want to state for the record here, I am attracted to the entire cast of The Legend of Korra. The entire female cast. He could not decide, everyone. He literally could not. I don't no, know. No. Like, really, the entire female cast of this show, like, I'm here for it. So I've narrowed it down to two. I was going to say, that's that's really interesting because you say the entire female cast of Korra? Yes. It's weird for you to like the, I mean, you were mentioning furries before, but Naja or whatever, the dog, isn't that a female? Naga. (laughs) Naga. And fine, human female cast, (laughs) you smartass. But Naga's a good girl. Uh Um, So I'm narrowing it down to the titular Korra. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've talked about her on the show so many times already, but we've got Asami Sato. Uh, I like them both for different reasons. Well, so there's some overlap, but A, Korra, and those shoulders. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, like, Korra can pin me to a wall, and I'm here for it. And, like, the character progression, she like, her character growth throughout the series is so endearing. Like, she starts the series, like, strong-willed, mm-hmm. but immature. And she, 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 she holds on to that strength, even though it falters at points, and learns, like, maturity and how to carry herself in this, like, really dignified way towards the end. And that's, a, that's such an amazing quality to me. That's an arc. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a good arc for her. And, like, people complain about, like, season like. Korra all the time, but I feel like these are people who only watch season one Korra, and she was a teenage girl. Mm. I think they characterized her great. Teenage teenagers are often annoying, and Korra was annoying. But uh, but towards the end, man, she's just she's such a cool character, and yeah, bro, those shoulders and that back. Uh, (laughs) I I think it's kind of funny that both of the characters you're showing me, it's like I would love to be with either one of them, but hey, they ended up together, so that's even better. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, but like I'm 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 posting some fan art here in our chat just so you can like this is what I visualize when I think of Korra's back. It's that strong back, muscles, muscles. Uh, Meanwhile, Asami is like a like she's clearly gorgeous, like traditionally gorgeous, but she's also highly intelligent, and the show had no problem like letting her be intelligent without being hypersexualized at the same time, which Mm -hmm. I think is really cool. Uh, and like the, she's like, she's definitely the groups, uh, like she was always the mature one in the team Cora. And I don't know. I found that really attractive for her to be like intelligent, caring, and like know who she was. Like she didn't really have much of an arc in terms of like character development simply because like she was sure of herself in the beginning. Hmm. And I liked that a lot. Like, there, don't get me wrong, things happened to her that changed her, but her personality stayed pretty much the same. And I don't think there was, there was anything wrong with that because she was great from beginning to end. 
and like black hair and green eyes. Come on, get it. And she was like a villain in the first season as well. No, she wasn't. Wasn't she? No, her dad was a villain. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And she didn't like she never like took his side. As soon as she found out, she was like, Nope, fuck you, dad. <laughs> as most teenagers. But her and do. her dad kind of like mended the bridge a little bit towards the end, which was a really nice wrap up before something happened. Uh, okay, uh, dude, you got one for us next? Well, uh, <clears throat> a little master of unlocking. There we the go. The one that steals my heart every year and your Valentine and ours, Jill motherfucking Valentine. Uh, well, taking her off my list. Yeah, well, she was on mine <laughs> as well, to be honest. She, she like she's I said, literally on everyone's list. I literally just said she's our Valentine and yours as well. She's everyone's. Um, this is, I think we could all agree, probably the most powerful female character in Resident Evil. Um, which is saying a lot. Whoa, whoa, but Adrian, you can't do Ripley again. <laughs> it's cheating. <laughs> she has great development in the remake, which is probably one thing we could all walk away from the from the remake of three, saying how much better that was to have this uh fragile mm. moments in the game that particularly in the beginning where you see the PTSD of the mansion incident. And even in the uh, the original director's cut and the remake of one, mm. you see this just in director's cut while she was a little weak at times, particularly with how she, you know, how squeaky she talked, but she still carried a lot of attitude as she took charge, particularly against Barry no. when I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't played Resident Evil 1, you really should. You really should. But uh, but she ah, she holds her spoilers. own. And while Bone King always plays her, I always love to rescue her as Chris. Um, yeah, but then you don't see her till the end of the game. But yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I really, really fucking hated what they did to her in 5. But fuck it. What are you going to do? Uh, 5 doesn't exist. Nothing after Resident Evil 4 happened. It's a fever dream. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just when it went anime. That's all. Uh, but yeah, Jill fucking Valentine, our boo. I think I think that's the entire Fan Freaks podcast pick. I don't want to. I just want to say on my list, but it's all of our list. It, it's it's in the name. I mean, Jill Valentine is like if I had to pick a mascot to represent, it would be either Jill Valentine or Vincent Valentine. There's one more. There's oh, one more. I don't know. Faye. Oh, Faye. Oh, my God. Her last name is Valentine, isn't it? Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. And she's on my list, too. Oh, shit. So double Valentine, oh, bitch. fuck. <laughs> he just fucking one-toed us without us even knowing. Jesus. Love punch yep, drunk. Good shit. Fuck you. You played right into my trap. Damn bunking. it. I really did. Holy crap. But no, that's a great yeah, pick. I, this is another one we all love, right? Oh, yeah. We all love sure. Faye Valentine. Oh, yeah. I love, just, I love Faye. She's kind of like uh, if the, if you put Maria in an anime. <laughs> she's, I mean, face face cool. Fa face cool. I thought you said wow. her face is cool, wow. and that was the end of it. Uh, uh, Eliza yeah. is my cowboy bebop girl. Mm, mm, mm. See, Oop. my favorite. Repeat cowboy. the name. Sorry. Huh? Eliza. 
Oh, okay. Pretty sure that was her name, right? No, Electra. I'm sorry, not Eliza. Electra. Nachos? No, Electra <laughs> was the chick from the Cowboy Bebop movie. You know, there's a thing with tan animated characters. Yeah, no, I hope everyone who listens to this podcast can come away with it knowing all of our types. Because it's very <laughs> obvious when you really look at our picks. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so I'm up next, right? So uh, this is going to be a surprising pick. I think everyone pretty much expected me to only pick dudes. But uh, no, sir, there are a few females that I do find attractive. So I'm going to go ahead and lay it down my like... One of my biggest female crushes that always, like, I always go to and go, oh, yeah, no, I guess I'm still into women. Like, <laughs> I always remember it, uh, would be Celine from uh, Underworld, played by Kate Beckinsale. Oh, God, wow. yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good pick. That's She's a good incredible. Pick. I mean, I have a feeling a lot of the females that we pick for our list are all very strong stoic characters. I don't I don't think we've come across like a very like shy a softer character yet, right? I have one kind of, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I I don't think I have, I have any two. on mine. So like Celine is just, you know, she's got the whole vampire chic thing. Obviously, I was not uh, immune to the whole vampire craze, although while people were going sure. after fucking Edward and Jacob or whatever, I was going after Celine because she's just was the best vampire shit at the time. Um, and she's incredible. I mean, she's a rebellious mm -hmm. daughter. She's great. Uh, what else could I say? Anyone have anything to say about <laughs> Celine? No, uh, no, like no, Kate that's Beckinsale. a good fucking pick. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that is that is the epitome of like. When I visualize like an attractive female van vampire trope, that is what I'm, I'm yes. imagining. Yes, yes, indeed. I have another female vampire on my list as well, but she, she definitely was my my go-to. She's incredible. Plus, she uses a pistol. Like I get it. Like everyone should use bigger guns or whatever, but she keeps the Resident Evil shit in there where she could pose with that pistol, dude. But anyway, um, that is my next pick is Celine from Underworld, played by Kate Beckinsale. Who's up next? So, I am, I, I identify solely as heterosexual. Mm -hmm. That being He's said, going. there is this one trope of care of male or masculine presenting character that tends to get me. And that's that vaguely ambiguous, overly sexual, like smooth talker type. Okay. Uh... Elliot from The Magicians is a good example. Like, people like that. So that being said, I'm going to go ahead and talk about two characters again because they're both from the same yeah, series. But you, can, you can't uh, pick two. All right, fine. You got to be fast with two, though, because we got to roll. Uh, so one, I'll, I'll talk. This, this one's not related to what I was just talking about. This is just, uh, so both characters are from Critical Role. Oh. Uh, one is okay. Laura Bailey's character, uh, Jester Lavore. Uh-huh. So she's a little more of that soft-spoken, like, like she Sweet. has a, a almost like a childlike like sweetness to her. Uh-huh. But she's also incredibly funny because Laura's Bailey is, is funny. Indeed. And she has like, you know, so she's this great balance of like a sense of humor and also like will fuck up your day. Mm -hmm. And also she's blue and has horns and these are both uh, on my list of things I like. Um, <laughs> Sorry, ladies. If you don't have horns, don't even bother. I, I like like uh, the whole demon girl trope is a whole thing for me. That's cool. I, I don't have any more of them on my list, but yeah. Um, but from the same series, Talos and Jaffe, uh, when he started the campaign too, he started with a character named Molly Mock. 
Molly Mock is a purple tiefling. I guess I have a thing for tieflings. Uh-huh. Uh who has this this flamboyancy to him and he just and uh, T- uh Talis and Jaffe has a very great like deep voice even though he was really bad at doing the Irish accent he was trying to do for Molly Mock. Uh, <laughs> but he has this great tone and this very like like I'll fuck whatever. Like that's <laughs> No, like I, that I, kind of like this archetype. Captain Jack from like Doctor Who, like that kind of person, you know. This archetype, believe like, it or not, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. In in anime, like JRPGs and shit, they'll yeah. whenever they have oh, to yeah. put in a gay character. When I say have to, they're pretty much forced because they never want to do it. But when they do, they always make it that personality type where they're very, yeah. um, I don't want to say loose because exactly. that's not the word I'm looking for, but they're very, uh, uh, um, they, they always have a voice that's like, hello. Yeah. Like it's always something like sleazy hey. kind of in a way. Yeah. Yeah. What is your, like, yeah, but it. I don't know. I like that, uh, that, that particular trope. So, like, if there was a type of male I'd be attracted to, it'd be that type. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's a character in Fire Emblem Awakening that fits this exact fucking personality <laughs> trait, if you're interested. And he's a da- he's a dateable gay option. The only dateable of gay option. But yes. I will say, well, no, I'll get to this later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Adrian, what do you got? I'll tell you what the fuck I got. A little girl by the name of Sarah fucking Connor. Oh, yes. shit. That was like the go-to. That is what I've always aspired to have as a wife. <laughs> to have. I mean, which, Somebody which Sarah who can, Connor, though? Linda Hamilton, too. There's been like three people who have played Sarah Connor. <laughs> and right, and but that's not a lot? <laughs> what's funny is two of them are Game of Thrones cast members also. Huh. Yes. But Linda Hamilton, too. Yeah. The way oh, she flexes, yeah. the way she handles an oh, M16, yeah. the way she can build a pipe bomb, the way that she tells John, <laughs> you cannot go back for me. You are too important. I was like, oh, fuck. Just hold me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just want to be held. I just want to be held. Funny story. <laughs> I find uh, me bringing in all the Resident Evil shit because I I'm compulsively cannot stop. You know that she wore... <laughs> You know that Jill actually wore the outfit from Terminator Remake number one, which is my favorite outfit. Yes. She actually wears the Sarah Connor outfit. So that's funny. (laughs) Uh, Are are we doing twofers now? Or are we just trying to... No, it's just James was fucking (laughs) skipping along. But uh, we can can make them a lot shorter. We don't have to go that much into detail. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to go through my list as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, no, me too, trust me. I, I'm already knocking some people down. All right, so we're going to burn through this. My next one, whew, okay. So, I, I I believe everyone here is familiar with Rex from Mass Effect. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I love Rex from Mass Effect. Uh, oh, I'm for a so... second there, I thought it was someone like Rex. No, no, no. It's no. Rex. So it's Rex from Mass Effect. I, I love him to death. He's the most girthy uh, like most baritone voice party member I've ever heard. 
Um, I guess next to Grunt, who shows up in the second game. But Grunt is weird because it's like he's b just was made, and it's like what? No, yeah, I don't want. He's like a baby. Yeah, and then he talks to you about going through puberty, and I'm like, bro, this is totally not. Can I just have Rex, please? <laughs> what the hell is this? But anyway, I was pissed off that Rex wasn't a dateable option because you know what? That game's all about dating aliens. So whatever. Asaris are cool and whatnot, but Rex has a lot of qualities. I like how you said we were gonna burn through this list. Uh, okay, that's it. That's all I was gonna say then. Rex, <laughs> he's a strong, headstrong dude, very masculine. I'm all about that shit. Um, right, right. Four I'm, balls. Got it. Yes. God damn it. I was working to that. I was working on his four balls. <laughs> yeah, you were. And I was fucking trying uh, to get there, but you beat me. You beat me to those four balls. Anyway, yes, Rex from Mass Effect. So on the topic of Mass Effect, you want to talk about creating an endearing character solely based off of voice performance? I know who this let's is. Let's talk about a let's yes. talk about Tali Vas Normandy yes. for a second. I knew it was her. She's great. Holy shit. Like the voice acting for this role and like she's so endearing and like the scenes like where she's like fighting for her the honor of her family and her father again and you know where she's given the name Vas Normandy like all of it it's all like so fucking endearing and it pulls you in. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Um, and by the way, that's Leisurely Vinny's um, uh, romance route of choice as well. That being said, fuck you and your rules because uh, so no! I have another archetype no, that I'm really fucker. into. No, you fuck can't off. double Stop it. it. What the hell? Okay. I have like this thing. Like, if you knew my earlier dating history, a certain number of the people on this list are going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and uh, Jack from Mass Effect also triggers that. Like, I definitely had something for, like, don't get me wrong, like, clearly there is a healthy relationship you can have with her in Mass Effect, mm. but there's also an unhealthy relationship you can have with her in Mass Effect. Is it really and, a relationship, uh, though? Because you have sex yeah, once and she goes never again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that Jack, like, again, can kick my ass, mouth, the mouth of a sailor, and like, but also has like a warmth hidden inside. I'm here for it. And Go, the tattoos. Adrian. Go for it. Oh yeah, no, I, I love my I love my women wallpapered. wallpapered. Go, Adrian. Okay, so yeah. I'm gonna go for a, I'm gonna go for a fucking deep cut. Uh, a little movie called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh Ooh. yes, Adrian. Long Kiss Goodnight. Ha. It's. Not, not what, not when she's a, a brunette. No, of course not. No, when she's the secret agent, Charlie, uh, Baltimore, yeah. Charlene Baltimore, excuse me. Easily, Gina Davis is like my favorite Gina Davis role, like by far. It's it's up there with Thelma and Louise for me. Okay, but this role, uh, again, another Jill Valentine, another Sarah Connor, just take. <laughs> Take no bullshit, fucking hard as nails, bad bitch. But yeah, I I really love her. I really love everything that she goes through this metamorphosis when she starts remembering who she was. And you get this more uh, powerful character as the movie goes on. Are we, are we still not doing twos? Cause Just do James twos by this twos. point. I mean, it was going to be Look, two. I was only doing twos because they were from the same series. That's the only reason I did but it. But you have so many. <laughs> no, that that was my last set of twos. Okay. Do you have two from a... Well, if it's two from a series, we can do two. I have two from a series. 
I can roll with. Oh, well, my other one was Claire. When Shit, I should have done that with Jill. But Claire as well. I really yeah. love Claire. Oh, see, I, I was going to say we had to make a decision whether it was Jill or Claire. And I felt so bad for Claire because Claire really does deserve some recognition. She's great. She knows exactly and how to deal with kids. I love Claire. But <laughs> if I could have both, I'll have both. Sure. Yeah, okay. You Like, you could handle both. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not going to be able to handle them. I just like to be there. <laughs> okay. Well, good picks, though. I love Jill and, and Claire. I know there's some Rebecca and Ada stands that are upset, but you know what? They can wait their turn. Um, speaking of which, here's my turn. So I, since we're all doing doubles, I might as well do my double. I have two from the same franchise. It, it, the franchise is Final Fantasy, and the first one is Barrett Wallace from Final Fantasy VII. Um... Uh, Barrett, look, he's come a long way from being typecasted as like a Mr. T knockoff. I don't know why mm -hmm. they went that direction with the original Final Fantasy VII, but he does grow past that point. It just takes a disc and a half. <laughs> and when you get there, I, I just, I just, I just wanted to be uh, noted that George could have picked old school fucking sixteen bit. He went for the new render. So the Final Fantasy remake. I, I have a lot of issues with Final Fantasy VII oh. remake. However, I will say their redesign of Barrett just oh oh my god he's he's gorgeous. He look see the thing about Barrett he's <gasps> supposed to have giant shoulders. He's a big guy. Even in the polygonal thing, half of his body is like a fucking trapezoid rhombus. I don't know. He's got a yeah. Whole he looks like shape. a Metroid. Yeah. Or he looks like not a Metroid. He looks like a like a like Samus suit. He's got he's just really <laughs> angular. And you know what? They translated yeah. that translated that very well into the remake. Uh, Advent Children. I was looking at, at his design there, and he looks horrible. But uh, he looks fantastic in the remake. And even in the original art in an anime way, he's still a big bear guy. And I'm 100% all for that. And some of my favorite characteristics of Barrett are that um, he's very charismatic. You know, he's able to, to run Avalanche uh, and help Tifa run Seventh Heaven the Bar. Uh, he's very strong. He's also got a very strong sense of justice. You know, he's always kind of looking out for the planet and trying to, and, you know, caring for how it's crying out and whatnot. Uh, and above all else, you know, he's got his priorities put in the right place. He's got his daughter, Marlene, that he always cares for and cares a lot about. Um, and you know what? I find that, you know, he's got his priorities in the right place and he cares where it counts. So I think those are all great characteristics. <gasps> I can't believe it. George what? said something nice about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know. I mean, it's a character design, and really, like, all you're doing- Oh, shut the fuck up. You can't take it back let, now. Let you us have it, nice. George. Fine. Let us enjoy this. Second nice. character from Final Fantasy that I'd like to give mentions because no one else does, Ward from Final Sephiroth. Fantasy VIII. Wow. <laughs> wow. So- Fuck off. What do you mean, fuck, fuck off? off. What, do you, what, what is this fuck off? Fuck. He's never on any team, dude. He sucks. Uh, first off, he's only available when you're doing the Laguna flashbacks, and therefore you're forced to use him. Second off, there is no good art of this character, by the way. I tried finding, like, a good picture to show you guys, and all I because got was Because he shouldn't thing. exist. Fuck you, Ward is awesome, alright? He gets shat on the entire game. The poor guy takes a fucking gunshot to the neck, gets thrown off a waterfall, and is forced to work as a prison guard for the rest of his life. Cut the dude some good. fucking slack. 
anyway, Good. he's big. He's in charge. I wish he was in more Final Fantasy games. But d- d- despite what the dude has. Anyway, those that's my double pick. You're up next, Dr. Root. Uh, so uh, I don't have a double pick for this one, but I do have a Final Fantasy VII pick. Oh, cool. Piggyback like, off it's gotta be, It's got to be my fucking original video game waifu. Oh, man. it's like, Tifa, isn't it? It's Tifa, isn't it? It's Tifa, yeah! my guy. <laughs> I'm also sorry. on my list. A, also on my list. A, I love like uh like fisticuff characters. I love like punchy characters. Uh-huh. So she's your punchy character in Final Fantasy VII. And then I love me a brunette. I love me a girl who knows how to take care of you. And I love me a ride or die girl. And she's all of the above. Like her loyalty and her like ability to just like be there for cloud is uh is awesome i mean it goes beyond just being there for cloud she runs a bar she knows how to like talk to people she's very good at communicating. absolutely yeah exactly and like all of these things combined like make her just an awesome character and the what can i say also like a girl in suspenders see you made the right choice because a lot of people they go eris and there's nothing wrong with eris she's she's got her own thing going on but she does not like cloud Go ahead. No, I'm not here for it. No, I don't give a fuck about Aerith. I don't care. I She's fine, and Yuffie is not old enough, so we can't even no, talk no. about her. No. What? But no. I'm just saying. Really, the are... only other Final Fantasy character I've ever found attractive is Quistus. Oh, bro, bro, I'd put her on my list. Fuck this. She's amazing. <laughs> Quistus is great. I, 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 have, I have a thing for... <laughs> Like library and glasses, ladies, and accessibility to whips. That's always good. Bayonet. Oh yeah, yeah. You're not bayonetta. All that shit. Anyway, uh-huh. Adrian, what do you got? I got a twofer. Oh. oh. Uh, Meryl Silverberg and Sniper oh. Wolf. Oh. Oh. So Meryl, uh, the first time you see her, she's working out. And she's in her panties, and I'm nine or ten years old, and that's big <laughs> for me. <laughs> Even though it's all polygons and, and triangles, and I was all like, "Ooh, listen, her I'm ass is a key. Her ass is a key item, dude." Oh, for sure. And look, also like Hideo like intended that workout bullshit to be a thirst trap from the <laughs> beginning because if you come in and out of the vents like uh, three times. The fourth time you go in, she's in her underwear. It was by design. Yeah. 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 I mean, specifically, yeah. And yeah. if you chase her in the in the bathroom before she has time to change, she's in her underwear. Oh, yeah. And the too. camera specifically includes her butt. I mean, it wouldn't yep. be a game from Japan without it, if we're honest. But Meryl is really important to me because that's where you see her first. But let's talk about when she finally grows up and like heads her own team and Metal she marries Gear Solid John. Four Meryl? Yes. Such a beautiful fucking Meryl. Yeah. Too bad uh, she's and, with uh, shit himself. And she, no, fuck you. She ends up with Johnny Sasaki. And <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That is such a good yeah. pairing. It's not a bad pairing. I just hate the fact that they had to shoehorn do you think love nah. can bloom on the battlefield into an actual nah. situation? Like nah, really? Fuck you. Okay. Snake never deserved her. Johnny is the OG. Johnny deserved oh, her. I'm glad it. it worked out that I way. I support that. After everything Johnny was put through through the entire franchise, uh-huh. Johnny deserved and it. And his answer. The, the, uh, <laughs> the fact that he didn't die from dehydration is a, 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 a shock. And then Sniper Wolf. I mean, come on. The torture mm-hmm. scene in first person where she comes up to you and she marks you and she tells you, you are my target now. 
you all, are right. all that I'm going. You are all that I'm going to think about. I'm like, please <laughs> take me now. I will fucking. I will give you the nuclear codes. I don't give a fuck. Uh, snake is defecting. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm defecting to outer heaven right now. Shit. I don't give a shit. Um, speaking of outer heaven, uh, since I'm up next, um, just piggybacking off of that, you reminded me of a character I'd like to bring up here. Oh, I know who it's gonna be. So, I normally would pick, um, MGS3 Naked Snake, and I- Oh, okay. He's great. Like, I love the, the beard. Like, cause Snake- I thought it was gonna be Vulcan Raven. No, although that's that's damn, I didn't even think about that. That's a good pick. But no, no. <laughs> Real talk, like I love uh Big Boss. I love Naked Snake because he's got more scruff going on. Cause Solid Snake's a smooth baby. And like he's very muscular, but he's very smooth. I don't get that same vibe. But how do you feel, how do you feel about a- how do you feel about Pliskin? That's better. We're getting in a better direction. Definitely. However, there's one snake design that is probably not the best game but has the most attractive body model, in my opinion, and that would be uh, fucking MGSV uh, Venom Snake. Venom. Oh, so Venom Snake. All right. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I, I have a thing for older guys, so you pretty much took a hot character in MGS3 and made him older and more scruffy, and, and I'm just like, oh, okay, now you want me to pay attention to this. Okay, all right. I guess I will. He's been through some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like, and I guess this also factors into the whole older guys thing. I love experienced looking guys that are just very (laughs) rugged and very just like scruffy. It's like, fuck, man. I could tell that guy's been through a lot and I could be that, you know, softening factor, but who knows? I'm just saying the guy knows how to work with weapons. I'm sure he knows how to work with a lot of other things as well. Um, Very, very smart guy. As If he is... Ooh, you think, ah, never mind, can't get there. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm just going to move on from there. He's also good with dogs. He's also good with dogs. All yes, right. he is. And I know he kind of has, like, this really cold exterior more often than not, but I kind of find that he's very empathetic. I mean, more so than other characters in the mil- military field kind of thing. Plus, he kind of always has a very strong sense of justice as well, in the sense that, you know, he's all about completing the mission, but sometimes there are things that morally take precedence over the mission. Yeah, that is true. All right, so I- I'm going gonna, I'm- I'm gonna to go ahead and get this out of the way now. Because I feel like this is like the the furthest extent of my um, of my shame. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so I was watching. What was I watching? I think it was like Full Metal Alchemist or something on Hulu. And um, Hulu just kind of suggests things for you to watch when you're done watching a series, and then it just starts playing them. Uh huh. Hulu started playing this show called Monster Musume. All right, never heard of it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Monster Musume is like specifically like a lewd, like almost hentai. It's only not hentai because there's no actual like sex in it. Uh, it's a monster girl but harem. It's a, it's a anime. monster girl harem anime. Yeah, and uh, there's one in particular. Her name is Arachne. Spider much? She's yeah. a spider oh, lady. Oh god, there she is. Oh my god. Uh, but she also uses her webs in BDSM circumstances. Fucking good luck uh, mating with fucking Quaylag over here. Whatever, man. Um, <laughs> like, good luck. I don't have much to say. Die like, I'm gonna be honest with you. He's she gonna has, die she, trying. She has like, like she's another one of these characters. It's like 
very, very confident. And uh, combine that with a clearly master level uh, knowledge of tying people up. And uh, yeah, you have a good pick for James. You got uh, moving a, on, Adrian, what do you got? You got a mermaid scenario there, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Kind of, yeah. Well, no, those front little pelopaps are legs. To uh, go ahead. back Sorry, off your anime girl, I'm going to go with a DBS, DBZ girl. I'm going to go with Bulma. Okay. Uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Bulma's, oh, Bulma's great. great. See, here's the thing. Everyone loves 18. That's actually James's pick. 18. I get it. Android 18. She's, she's hot. Everything like that. Yep. And a lot of old school people love Chi Chi because mm-hmm. they grew up with Chi Chi. She's. But I fucking love Bulma. I love how fucking um, uh, in command she is. Uh, yes, yeah, smart. A hundred percent. She's just, she's probably the smartest character outside of her own father. But even then, she teaches her father some shit, particularly in Cell Saga, where she's repairing Android sixteen. Um. This is a girl that figured out fucking time travel. And also, uh, the bunny girl outfit did things to me when I was watching uh, Dragon Ball as a young child. Yeah, she was, she was Playboy Bunny, I mean, but in anime way, form. Because Akira Toriyama yeah. is a fucking pervert, and I'm here for it. Respect. Of course he is. Uh, also, just a quick note about Android 18, though. I also like that she liked the short bald dude. Like I liked that. I thought yeah, that was very she endearing. had a type and she she followed yeah. through with it. I can relate to that as yeah. well. I'm sure you can, George. Yeah, damn right. So who do you got? Oh, me. Oh shit. Okay, I'm back yeah. up. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right. We're trying to burn this. We yeah. gotta go. We gotta We're go. Burning through. All right, my next one, uh Iron Bull from Dragon Age Inquisition. So okay. the dude already kinda guessed I this and I didn't want to confirm or called it. Yeah. He already, he, yeah, he called it already. He called it from the beginning. So Iron Bull is uh, from Dragon Age Inquisition. He's one of your party members. Again, I seem to find most of the tanks attractive in these RPGs. I don't know what that says. I like myself a defense daddy. It's all it is. Um, but yeah, no, so just really quick about Iron Bull. Hashtag defense daddy. Damn right, hashtag defense daddy. Um, but no, so the thing about Iron Bull, which kind of sets him apart from just mainly being a very attractive guy and that's it, is that I've never seen a game, especially like a fucking RPG, tackle the concept of BDSM in a mature, respectful way. It's not like he just goes up on you and is like, I'm gonna dominate you and that's it. That's that's not it. He he fucking does the actual steps that it takes to have a dominant partner. You have to be communicative. You have to settle boundaries. You have to, you know, always be in talks and communicating with each other so nothing ever goes beyond what it should be. And he go he breaks down the psychology of why people are into SM and a whole like I learned so much about like <laughs> SNM from this character. And I was like, bro, I came here to fuck and you just fucked my brain. This is amazing. I learned so much. Um, plus he's just a very heartfelt guy. I think it's kind of shitty that despite him being like, you can have, you can be in a relationship with him, which thank God he's not like another Rex where that doesn't happen, but he could betray you even if you're in a relationship with him, which is kind of bullshit. But beyond that, he's a very trustworthy guy and very knowledgeable on sex. And that's a very... Uh, sought after skill, and that's Iron Bull from Dragon Age Inquisition. All right, so let, let let's talk about Dragon Age for a second, because there's another uh, trope wow, in video games back. and a bunch of shit uh-huh. that I really like, uh, and that's like dark sorceresses. Uh huh. Like you have fucking Idea from Final Fantasy VIII. 
uh-huh. you know, you have Yennefer from uh, fucking Witcher, uh, like all of those. But I think uh, Dragon Age did it best. Uh, let's talk uh, fucking Morgan, man. Oh, Again, Morgan. She ticks the same box for me that Jack does, though. Mm-hmm. She's got like this darkness with this inner warmth. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, because they're not just going to have uh, darkness and leave it at that. And that's her character. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, 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 I enjoy that. I mean, I feel like it's a tropey depth to a character at this point. But it's still it's something I enjoy where, you know, they're not just like, I'm evil. No, like they have a level of warmth and compassion and like actual caring inside of them. And... Uh, it's cool where you as the player character get to like discover that in them and uh well, you it's earn very their trust endearing. you know like to yeah. get that and yeah. i like uh smoky eyeshadow uh go <laughs> on, um this isn't a fantasy character but this is an rpg technically a survival horror rpg oh my main bad bitch aya Briah from fucking oh, fuck. mist Parasite Eve 2, bitch. I forgot Aya. She's great. Particularly 2. I fucking loved her in 2. Uh, she's more um, a, a bit a bit experienced to kind of piggyback off uh, Bones picks here. Uh, but there's also a shower scene that's purely fan service, and I thank you for it. I'm here for all that fan service. Service me. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dr. Root puts the picture. Yup, that's how you know. All right. What do you got, George? All right. So we got to go through this fast. So I'm going to go ahead uh-huh. and I've, I've got a couple more, but um, I'm just going to burn through them. So here's one more before okay. the last one. Um, I'm going to go with the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo and yes! the Witch's Ghost. Vampire Girls. That yes! was the other Vampire Girls. <laughs> yeah i i love uh the hex girls they were they were fantastic if i had to pick one because they're they all they are basically every flavor of goth that you want Uh and and like if i had to pick one i'm gonna go by the one fucking voice by jennifer hale uh yeah for sure which i think there's more than three there's more than three goth subclasses Oh no! Well, yeah, but they they cover a good amount of ground. I mean, they can't sure. get everything. But uh, one of them's Jennifer Hale. I think she's Thorn. Was her yeah. name? Yeah. And they were Etho uh, Eco Goths, and that was fucking amazing. Like, I, it's pretty much taking this goth, uh, intimidating persona and turning it towards being good for the environment. And I don't yeah. know that kind of like. Uh, um, not compatibility. That kind of juxtaposition was very interesting to me, and it made me think. So definitely going to give it to the Hex Girls. Uh, Dr. Root, what you got? So, okay, I'm going to summarize a whole trope uh, with one character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was talking earlier how if you knew my early dating history, you'd know like there's a specific type of fictional character that totally makes sense. Right. Uh, and that's uh, the Crazy Girls. Oh, uh, God. Is Harley on your list? No, uh, not on my list, but she's definitely like fits that trope for me. Okay. But uh, I think the trope is best uh, surmised or like not just crazy. Like you have to be crazy, dark and badass. And uh, I think the first one that like triggered that for me in my brain was Callisto from Xena. Oh, wow. I haven't seen Xena in forever. She's great. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Lucy Lawless. Gorgeous. Like, but Callisto for me as a young kid, like she had like that, like crazy energy, like, like that, 
I don't know that I, I love that. There's this something about Being clearly manic. Yeah, the clearly like a horrible person to try to be in a relationship with. Uh, I'd just be scared but, she would have uh, stabbed me the whole time. Like, <laughs> th- but uh, I'd be had to be here for it. Um, <laughs> what do you got, Adrian? She's big. She's tough. She's green. She's my yes. lawyer. Uh, Jennifer Walters, fucking love you, cousin of the Hulk. She can dominate me anytime. I don't care. I just want it. Yeah. Let me ask you something, Adrian. Does Leotard. that still hold true today with her current character design? I don't care. All right. Now let me I, ask here, you. I love it. Let me ask you. Does that still hold true even if you can't figure out her special moves in Marvel vs. Capcom Three? <laughs> I can't. I can't use her in Marvel vs. Capcom Three, but I suck at Marvel, so it's fine. Uh, uh, okay. Bone King, go. Alrighty. Uh, so I'm gonna give all of my honorable mentions, and then I'll give my final one. So I can't go in, in, into any details on these honorable mentions, even though I'd want to. But here we go. Honorable mentions: Jet from Cowboy Bebop. We've mentioned it on the show before. I love him. Uh, Rock or Astaroth from Soul Calibur. I couldn't decide. One of those from that series. Um, Roadhog from uh, Overwatch. Uh, big belly, grapple hook. Uh, Asgore from Undertale which was the character that I was uh, hinting at to Dr. Rude if he played cuz he played Undertale. Um uh, yep. X23 uh nice. the X-Men character, uh you know, other Wolverine, female Wolverine, I guess. I don't know. And Well, she's uh, his clone. Yeah, clone. There you go. All right. And um, my last honorable mention, Porkins from Star Wars. And my final pick, and this is my last pick of the night, Bowser from Super Mario. <laughs> I have had the longest obsession with Bowser. I don't know what to tell you guys, because most people will think Bowser, well, he's just kind of like a turtle guy in Mario Party games. And yes, that is still very true. Aside from being a very, like, loving father who knows how to raise kids, uh, to a a lovable oaf, a very, you know, lovable dork in a way, because he's he's got a lot of... um, He's got a lot of problems. He's a villain, but he plays, you know, golf and shit on the side, so he's obviously got a good side to him. And most of the games end up working around the fact that Bowser is a good person underneath all of his rough exterior. And then the internet also does uh, this. okay. So when the internet does this, <laughs> I sent a picture to the Discord chat for, oh, for the other co-hosts. When the internet does this, good I happen to pay Lord. attention to this character a little bit more often. So the internet has had a fucking field day with Bowser and has made him like a bear icon. Um, And to the point where there's even a Bowser day where all the furry artists come together and draw art of Bowser being a fantastic daddy. Um, So yeah, no, Bowser's definitely going to be my last pick. And uh, it it even got to the point where I call my boyfriend uh, Koopa Kuma. Which is, you know, Koopa and then wow. Bear in Japanese. So, you know, he's he's my Bowser. And sometimes I give him little stuffed toys of Bowser and shit. I love Bowser. And that'll be my final pick of the night. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll rush through. I have... A, oh my God, my list is too long. Uh, my two robot girls, Cosmos from Xenosaga. Mm. And fucking Major Motoko Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell. Oh, wow, yes. Uh, Motoko Kusanagi... Uh, overlaps two things for me, which is robot girls and Sarah Connor types. Yeah, <laughs> that's right the there. type. Sarah Connor <laughs> types. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what that is. Um, 
Garona from World of Warcraft, the half-orc female. Mm. Um, specifically, the movie version of her was particularly attractive. But uh, I got her and Miss Martian here as my two green girl represents. Uh, I have Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Jesus. <laughs> Actually, Catwoman across the board, really. Um, seven of Nine from Star Trek. Ooh, nice. There it is. Yeah. There um, it is. I was waiting for that one. Mm. But uh, it's so I'm gonna I'm gonna culminate my last trope with one character. Um, I guess the second to last would be Sarah Walker from Chuck. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Again, she's kind of a Sarah uh, of a Sarah Connor type. Uh huh. But uh, it's another story of the girl who falls for the nerd. Oh my god! And uh, what can I say? I'm a sucker. Like, okay. And, and then who's your final pick? Okay, so my final pick is the one that is going to summarize a whole type for me. Because you got your fucking, your Yudoichis, you've got your Pocahontas's, you've got your Hilda from Eureka 7, you've got your fucking, like, uh, oh, Urd from Oh My Goddess, uh, Mila Rose also from Bleach, all these tanned animated girls. Uh, I'm going to bring them all together with uh, Kida from the Disney movie Atlantis. Oh, wow. That's a whole other direction. Okay. Yeah, but uh, she's not all... So normally, I don't really care too much for the fish out of water trope. Wow. Like, you know, like Wonder Woman in the first movie or like all that kind of... Like that specific thing, doesn't, that's not particularly attractive to me. Mm -hmm. It's not unattractive, but that's not like a thing for me like it is for some guys. But I feel like it was done really well in Atlantis. Uh, and you combine that tan skin with that like platinum hair. And she's also like throughout the movie grows to be like the leader of her people. Mm. And she's super, super intelligent. And she, I mean, it's a Disney character, so she's written to be endearing. Uh, but she can also fight. And at some point she becomes like an all powerful, like God basically. And, uh, yeah, like that, that summarizes like the tan girl trope for me. Mm. Right there. Okay. Uh, that's And hey, look, we and all she's have also a like a thousand years old, and I kind of have a thing for that too, like oh, elves and get shit. out of here with your anime thousand-year-old dragon spirits. I'm hearing yeah, yeah, none yeah. of it. Uh, dude, let us know. What's your runners-up? Who are your runners-up, I should say? Uh, Lorraine Baines, before she became a McFly in Back to the Future 1. All right. Date my mom. It's... <laughs> Uh, Linda Barrett, which is a weird name, but if I say the movie, you're going to know who I'm talking about. Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Phoebe Cates. Yeah. Um, Huntress, particularly Helena Wayne on okay. Earth 2. I have a thing where her mom is Catwoman, her dad's Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good for me. And lastly, my last pick, because uh, I already kind of did my second to last pick. My last pick... Laurie Strode, fucking Laurie Jamie Str Lee Curtis in Halloween. Laurie Strode, yep. yeah, with the mom jeans and everything. Wow. Okay. I'm, look, I'm all for it. Sir, I love Laurie. She's a all great my character. women, all my women, right? But all the women that I enjoy and pick are particularly Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley. Uh, a lot of people don't pick them. They pick, you know, these these kind of like superfluously hot characters. But Laurie Strode has been through the ringer and she keeps coming back 
more than Michael. She keeps coming back. <laughs> she's been killed. She's been killed on screen a few times, so she keeps coming back. Listen, if you have uh, under your description able to fend off Michael Myers with a clothes hanger, I think you have a certain level of badass. God damn right. <laughs> all right. So I think that's all of our lists, right? We're all good? That's it, bud. Do we do the shout outs or do we do the, the social media thing? Well, we're getting there. Don't worry. Yeah, Don't go ahead of me. I'm, I'm getting there. But if you like what you heard here, um, be sure to check out the Fan Freaks Facebook. That's F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks. Um, we also have some Twitters. Uh, my Twitter handle is at BoneKingTV. And where can we find you, Dr. Rude? Uh, Dr. Rude MD. Dr. Uh, Dr. Rude MD on Twitter. And you, the dude? At Adrian Doodliness on Twitter, at AdrianMDOD on Instagram. Alrighty, rock on. And before we leave, we want to give a couple of shout outs because holy shit, we got people to shout out. So you bet your ass we're going to do it. Frothy, Scrap, Scott, all you guys, thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, Oscar Ortiz, my main man from Georgia. Okay, um, I'm going to give it to Cody and CJ of uh, Redlands oh, Productions. Cheyenne, of course. Sorry. No worries. Uh, a couple of my viewers, Beefy Sumo, Von Condersmite. Uh, last time I said just Von, and I felt bad. I should say the full thing. Von Condersmite, Squinty, Screechy Kai, Lindsay Misleading, Boogle, and CJ to DJ. Love y'all very much. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Later, freaks. Mm, now we got to go get into the bedroom. Hold on. Uh, save a spot for me. I'll grab the KY. I just want to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs>